Cougs house. The Houston Cougars look to get another Big 12 win this weekend. It's going to be a tall task, but they've got to win these three matchups in order to get it done. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the day of the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew. Here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, and there might be some this week, be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can lay us on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. If you found us on YouTube, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is so good to see you again. Remember, giveaways every 250 subscribers. Um... We're at 1660 last I saw. Uh, looking to get there quickly. Hit subscribe to help us get there. Like and comment on the video. Let us know in the contest. If you have nothing else to say, no matchups to add, nothing you're not a football person, you're a basketball person, ready for Cougar basketball season, whatever, after this episode, tell us in the comments down below if you consider chili a soup. Now, three matchups that Houston's got to, got to, got to win this weekend. One's going to involve some coordination. One's going to be looking at that left side. And the third and final one's going to be looking at key parts of that zone. Now, going to get into each of these a little bit in those three, in that order. Um, coordination, left side, and the zone. But first, let's jump into the coordination aspect of this because I think one matchup they've got to, got to, got to win is Doug Belk versus Colin Klein, right? Doug Belk, Houston's defensive coordinator for a while now, has been under scrutiny for his last uh, year and a half worth of defense, to say the least. Frankly, the defense has looked a little bit different since they graduated a couple of pro corners uh, from the the 2021 team, right? Um, Most defenses would, but that's where we are at today. As I look at this uh, Kansas State team, though, I have to say, Corners might not be the issue here. Now, I think the thing that comes down to here is what Colin Klein has done is actually a fairly simple offensive game plan that's just very well executed with a bunch of window dressing that makes it really, really confusing. And in large part, that's because you don't know up until the actual play happens Who's going to be taking the snaps? Colin Klein. Yes, I should point out the same Colin Klein that was quarterback at Kansas State um, was or has become their offensive coordinator and a part of their coach staff for a while now. Was offensive coordinator last year when they had you know a, a Big Twelve winning offense, uh, won the Big Twelve championship game over that TCU team, won on the college football playoff. Um, this year they have a all everything top whatever recruit to come to Kansas State freshman quarterback named Avery Johnson. And then they have the veteran savvy, everyone's fan favorite, Will Howard. Uh, And what they've worked to to this point is in the TCU game, which it's the last game they played and makes us think this could be what they do against Houston. Colin Klein legitimately rotated quarterbacks every series for the competitive portion of that game. They ended up winning by a lot. And so things got kind of out of hand. Um, but Will Howard in that game played 27 snaps as the official technical starter, right? Avery Johnson played 25 snaps, 
right? Now, in his snaps, Will Howard went for 10 for 16, 62.5% uh, completions, 154 yards, three touchdowns. Avery Johnson went uh, 5 for 10, 90 yards, and a touchdown, right? Um, so Will Howard probably a little bit more accurate through the air at this point, uh, you know, in, in October of 2023. Um, I mentioned on yesterday's episode, and I will say it again, I understand that Kansas State has had a lot of talented quarterbacks come through in their history. I got people telling me in the comments, and you keep telling me in the comments down below, that they got a bunch of dudes to come through there. I get it. They don't move like Avery Johnson does. Um, and I am a big fan of, and also as a defensive person, would be scared of, uh, running quarterbacks offer a lot of versatility. Um, that kid's really good. The, that that's where this thing changes against uh, TCU. Will Howard had four rushes for sixty-two yards, and uh, Avery Johnson had sixteen rushes for eighty-six yards. And so you might think, man, that's a lot more rushes for not that many more yards. Um, is this really the kind of guy you think it is? And, and yes, it is because if you go <laughs> uh, if you go back a little bit against. Uh, like Texas Tech the week before, um, he was nine. Uh, Avery Johnson was nine of nine for 77 yards passing. Um, Will Howard was nine of 10 for uh, 86 yards passing. On the ground, though, uh, Texas against Texas Tech, Kansas State had 280 yards rushing, uh, and Avery Johnson had uh, 89 yards and five rushing touchdowns. Five rushing touchdowns. Now, I look at this as interesting. They go back and forth. Uh, against Texas Tech, they had a deliberate package for Avery Johnson. And by TCU, they were uh, running split care, split time. And against Houston, they may split time again to ultimately, uh, they've got their eyes down the road, I think, on Texas. If you look at all stuff from their content creators, Texas, their next game, they want to beat Texas and get Kansas State back in the Big 12 championship or whatever. Um, Kudos, keep looking past us. We'll come and get you like we did West Virginia. But I think what's interesting here is um, it feels like a lot of window dressing, changing quarterbacks or not telling us who the quarterback is or not telling who the star is going to be or whatever. Because the truth is they just want to run power. And they want a quarterback power, running back power. They want just want to run power over and over and over again through your face. The TCU pass numbers feel a little deceptive at Will Howard. He had three passing touchdowns and fairly good completion percentage. Good. Not, I want to say good, not great. Um, but on the whole, that was a three touchdown performance. Excuse me, a three touchdown performance out of Will Howard. And he has just 11 through eight games on the season. Let's do seven games. Sorry, they had their bye week. So 11 in seven games on the season. Uh, he had three against TCU and three against Missouri. Um, he had, you know, tech week. He didn't throw any. UCF week, he didn't throw any. He had a one against Oklahoma State. Uh, against Southeast Missouri State, he had just two and an interception, right? Um, the quarterback seems to be, like, just a means to an end, right? Like, they are, if it's Avery Johnson, I think he's got a little, more, a little bit more wiggle and a lot more speed, and you could see him being, like, more of that kind of a guy that takes off, and maybe that's why he's been working his way into this offense more, right? If you're someone who's followed every single snap of Kansas State football. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be, does Doug Belk have a plan as a defensive coordinator for both quarterbacks, which everyone's in, and for stopping that run game, regardless of who the guy taking the snap is? Um, 
Colin Klein's job is to deceive Duck Belk and to kind of trick him and, and misdirection him and get him out of his sorts. Um, and frankly, and I think Doug is a great recruiter. I think he's a great person and all those kinds of qualifiers. There have been defensive performances in the last year and a half that make me worried about this one. Uh, they gave up a lot of rushing yards to TCU and Texas Tech. Um, they gave a lot of points to guys like SMU last year, right? Like, there's just there's a vibe here in my in my like gut feeling, heart of hearts. Like, unfortunately, um, this is a matchup that we lose more often than we win, and I'm worried about it. Now, I will say that the deal is if they're just a power run football team. Then truthfully, once you stopped it, you you know how, right? And I say to say like that sounds, of course you know how. But what I mean there is that like there's not it, once you shut down power, all of their spinoffs and all their play actions all comes from doing power well. If you slow it down, if you stop it, you know, heaven forbid, then suddenly all of those things stem off of it don't work because they can't get the base part of it done. Now there's one big key. Thing and how they run power. Uh, it's going to be our second matchup of the day to look at. They've got to win to make sure they get this win on Saturday. But first, let's talk about winning in general, I'll say. And that is you can win with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy site out there. Uh, again, you can go through, you can win 25 times your money back playing things this football season. Test your skills and knowledge. Do all kinds of things. Put down $10 and turn it into $250 just a few taps. Uh, it's really simple to play. You can make picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, normal selection of players and stat types to pick. You're just picking players and their stats and saying whether or not they hit certain markers, and boom, you can make a lot of money really quickly if you know what you're doing. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday, Prize pick discounts for like player projections, 25% promotions, etc. With prize picks reboot policy, this is really important for football season. Your entries can stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games, a college football game, top 25 matchups. If a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. And that prize picks will only uh, prize picks the only daily fantasy sports platform with that kind of an injury insurance. Go to prizefix.com slash locked on and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup up to $100. That's, they give you $100, so you just put $100, right? Go to prizefix.com slash locked on college, use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, the second thing I need to talk a little bit about is we're talking about matchups and key players, but if you need to add key players to your small business, right? Every potential hire can feel like this high-stakes wager. And if you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, that's why you got to go to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, like Houston Cougars, faster and for free. If you can go get Echidozier Nwankwo, Adat Nwankwo, uh, Jamari Caldwell, you know, those big bodies up front that had such a good game against Texas, really, once they got the flow with three-man front, uh, you want to go make sure you go to LinkedIn.com slash college to get those kind of guys on your team. LinkedIn Jobs, once you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post you out for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post you out for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, I alluded to in 
the end of the first segment and the open that there's something really, really strong about the left side of the Kansas State offensive line. Or I said left side, strong side. Maybe you didn't take it that far. They have a guard that the more I watch, the more impressed I get. And frankly, as Houston did not play Kansas State in 2022 or 2021, or I hadn't watched Kansas State football in a minute or in a couple of years, right? Um, obviously, like Josh Freeman's a quarterback I liked watching, so I watched him a little bit then and those kinds of things. Colin Klein had like a Heisman runner-up campaign. Well, that was a long time ago. Um, uh, he's a coach now. He's an offensive quarter now. Um, that said, y'all know me. You know I love trench warfare and this kind of stuff. Um, offensive lineman Cooper Beebe, the left guard at Kansas State, is a menace. 6'4", 335, uh, in four different publications, was a first-team All-American last year, and in four others was a second. Um, he has the 2022 Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year, honorable mention the year before. Uh, in his five seasons, he's in his fifth season as a player. He redshirted, and then he had the COVID year. He's actually sixth year in college, but fifth season as a starter. Um, he's allowed just three sacks. Um, all three of those were also in 2020. So he hadn't allowed, allowed a sack since 2020. Similarly, in his college career, this is pro, per pro football focus, um, he's only had seven penalties. Now, I say the left guard's really important, not just because Cooper Beebe is really, really good, but I'm assuming after the success they had for a large chunk of the Texas game that Houston will go back to the odd front. It'd be kind of weird to have that for just a one game, one off. I also think it offers a lot of versatility and creativity as they continue to get better and better at it. Uh, the odd front we talked some about on Monday and Tuesday, and you're probably tired of me talking about it, right? Um, with that said, as I look at the odd front, you'll notice in an odd front you have, at least the way Houston's done it uh, thus far, you have head-up guys on both offensive tackles and a head-up player on the center. Those are, I guess, technically all defensive tackles, though Chidoze Dotnawanko is the nose tackle that operates a little bit different on the head-up center than the four techniques or the defensive tackles would on the offensive tackles. What I'm getting on here is that that leaves the left guard unblocked meaning he is de facto going to be involved in a lot of double teams. Um, Kansas State is going to relish in that. And I don't say that he should do something different as much as there are all kinds of gimmicky kind of thing, not gimmicky, but like you can stunt linebackers on, you know, reading their keys and their guard blocks down, those kinds of things trigger when, um, when they see certain things happening to be ready for it because the way Kansas State runs the football, as I mentioned in the first segment, power, 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 power. They're going after the left guard. They're going off his butt. In fact, when you look at, uh, and this is, again, a pro football focus breakdown of the gaps they run in, um, when they rush off the outside hip of the left tackle, they get four yards per attempt. When they go off the uh, center, right, either hip of the center, they get 5.8 yards per attempt. Okay, When they go off the outside hip of the right guard, they get 5.5 yards per attempt. And they go off the right tackle. They get 5.2 yards per attempt. Now, off the edges, they obviously like edge plays tend to be big plays per attempt. So you could see bigger numbers out there. But five is a lot for these interior gaps, right? They run the ball really well. Good football team. Um, 
when I was asked for a non-homer pick to win the Big 12 before the season started, obviously I could pick Houston and not a homer pick. So I picked Kansas State. I thought they were really good, right? Um, they've not been as good as I thought they were, but still pretty good. The okay again, four yards off the left tackle, five point eight behind the center, five five off the right guard, five point two off the right tackle, eight point four off the left guard. They rush for eight point four yards when running behind Cooper BB. That's almost a first down every single play, right? Um, on average, right? That means the plays that you keep them to four yards, they're going to get over 12 the next time they run it on average, right? That's tremendous. That is incredible success running behind the left guard. And in an odd front, the trick there is, is that if the left guard blocks down to help double on the nose tackle, okay, and the offensive tackle, the left tackle, can handle the deep tackle in front of him one-on-one, that gap opens up really quickly. The thing I would implement, or the thing if I were, you know, in high school football, things are more complicated in college football. Um, but with my coaching background, I would say my linebacker lined up in that half of the box, whether it's B gap, big gap, whatever, um, needs to read keys and trigger. So if he sees left guard down, especially this week with how much they're on power, he's got to just fire. And that means, I mean, fire the B gap right away and take it away. That's one thing I would do to try and take away that. I'd probably have a call for that. Like, I don't know. Um, bullets or something with a gun because it's a triggering right if i were another thing i would do is another option would be to have if i'm not triggering to have my defensive tackle lined up on the offensive tackle jamari caldwell uh talik robbins whoever i think i think in the texas game would have been jamari um who is back apparently he had crazy full body cramps. Um, I'd have him line up a more of a four. I'm meaning inside. I have that tackle. And then I'd have Greg boo or Caesar. Just like if we called it, uh, you know, we called it I spy um, or something like that, but something where you get the key to the guy that he has to be inside to be able to play the B gap inside that tackle to take that away. What that means is going to hit the C gap, hit the outside of the tackle harder and faster. And there is a lot of space out there too. So you need to make sure that Caesar or Greg whomever knows that like the play's going to bounce them really quickly if it starts to bounce, right? Um, whatever the case may be, they have rushed for um, 142 yards and left a gap, right? Um, that's that's pretty good, right? Um, they rushed for 261 yards thus far this season in the left B gap, right? For reference, on the right B gap, this team that runs football very well, they rush for 82 yards, right? This is a team that not only knows where their strengths are, but goes to it regularly over and over and over again. And you just got to find a way to, in this odd front, nullify that. Now, if I were going to back to the even front, which I don't know that I would, but if you're going back to the even front, um, whoever's landed on Cooper BB has to know, like, you, you got to st- stun him. You got to get 50%. You got to win these battles. Um I'd imagine that in some shifts that would be Dodd and some dish would be, in some shifts it would be Cedric, but whoever is lined up on Cooper BB or near Cooper BB has got to know the ball is coming that way hard and fast. Now I'm saying a lot of things about, you know, who I'd pick for this, who I'd pick for that, what matchups you got to have, what matchups you got to have. Da, 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 da. And we got to know that when it comes right down to it, the place to make these picks and, and take this information and go do something about it. It's at FanDuel.com. I think it's interesting. At FanDuel.com right now, you can put down uh, 
any bet gets you up to $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed as long as you place over $5. $5 or more gets you over gets you up to $200 in bonus bets. That's uh, $200 in bonus bets win or lose right now. They got the line for this game set at 17 and a half for Kansas State. Now, I've been on the train long. Houston's beaten the spread a number of times this year. Um, I think it's safe to say that Houston at plus 17 and a half is at least something you got to take. Even if you don't want to take them out, I think I'm going to take them out right. We're going to talk myself into it by the end of the week, like I always do. Um, but I was right against West Virginia. I was almost right against Texas, and they did beat the spread by a heck of a lot in that game, right? I'm thinking Houston beats the spread. The over-under set at 58 and a half. If Houston wants a chance in this game, I do think the score gets up pretty high, pretty fast. I think whatever you should do, you should do it at FanDuel.com. Use promo code Locked On for that bonus uh, $200 back in bonus bets this NFL season. FanDuel.com, America's number one sportsbook and official partner of the NFL. All right, so as important as that matchup on the offensive line was uh, with Kansas State's offensive line, Houston's defense line specifically in one part of their offensive line. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think there's a matchup that is kind of similarly group versus individual based. Um, and that is the zone coverage of uh, Parrish, Siegel, and Garber. Uh, Jacob Parrish, um, what was the first, Siegel's first name? Uh, Marquise, Marquise Siegel, and uh, Keenan Garber. Versus one Donovan Smith. No, I mentioned Paris Siegel and Garber because they're the three corners that got the most snaps in the last two games. They've been banged up a little and this and that, but those guys have gotten the most snaps in the last two games. And frankly, they're each pretty good. Um, when I look at what they do well, Kansas State's is a team that's relied a lot on some zone blitzing. At getting after the quarterback and having guys in tightened down zone windows and stuff like that to take stuff away, right? Um, Donovan Smith has had some trouble with zones. Um, he's been kind of boom busty, I should say, with zones. Um, I think the game that sticks out the most to me on that is Texas Tech because Texas Tech ran zone in the first half and the second half, and Donovan Smith had a very good first half and a very bad second half, and all that Texas Tech did was kind of alter what zone they based out of or what principles they were using in the second half. Instead of, you know, playing behind, reading and attacking, making Houston chip away at them down the field, they very quickly realized that that was not a good thing doing against Houston because the speed they have a wide out, you miss a tackle, you have a big play, or you miss a line, miss step, you have a home run, right? And Donovan Smith was hitting those guys in stride. What they did instead against Houston in the second half was tying things down. They played their zone underneath receivers and in the passing lanes, which theoretically, if you have time to throw, means that stuff is open over the top. The longer developing stuff ought to be opening into that zone and frankly, ought to be open this weekend. The problem is the longer developing stuff, that's not just simple mesh routes, not just simple concepts over the middle, not just simple man beaters and rub routes, the complicated stuff, the complex stuff, the longer developing plays have been trouble for Donovan. And I don't even know that I necessarily go to him at fault, although sacks are a quarterback stat. But we're holding on the ball uh, to get those long plays developed, and we don't always have time to throw. Donovan Smith is averaging 2.68 yards to throw the football this season. 2.68. The Big 12 average is much closer to three. Frankly, against Texas, as well as I thought Donovan played, 
he had just 2.58 seconds to throw the football. And again, against Texas, they ran a lot of man defense. They have a lot of confidence. They're dudes. Houston burned their dudes. That's part of the reason the ball that we got so fast is because the man rub route and quick beat or all those kinds of things are really easy doing against man defense. Right. West Virginia, same thing. I think he had 2.5, uh, 2.53 seconds to throw the football against West Virginia. But with the speed of Houston's wideouts and the man-to-man coverage, it didn't hit him as hard. Only having two and a half seconds to throw the football as opposed to a full three against this kind of coverage will be really challenging. It just will. And that doesn't mean that Donovan can't do it. He's progressed a lot over the course of the season. Frankly, he's grown up a lot in this offense and matured a lot as a passer in this offense, this one he's running in Houston since the Texas Tech game. So I, I didn't, I hope you don't think of me as like throwing that, like it's going to be like the second, because I don't think it will be, but that the kind of, we'll see because of that game, I guess I should say, we'll see his growth and maturity specifically like a very relatable circumstance in this week because that, that zone blitz and stuff, A, means he's going to have pressure in his face and B means that the way to beat those things are going to be a little bit longer developing and, if he doesn't have the ability to, you know, hit the double move or wait for in his own offense, in his own pass game, you'll typically see one guy take away the zone defender and another guy trail behind him after a second move to get into the open space vacated by the zone defender, right? So you run a, let's say, a dagger out. It's like a 12 yard up and in. And then on the other side of the ball, you'll run like a, you know, whipping in route that runs like a little circle loop-de-loop that pulls back into underneath route. So the dagger will take away like the deep middle player and the whip route will kind of fall and trail in it like the intermediate middle, catch the ball, boom, and you can take off running, right? Those kinds of things take time. And I'm worried about having time because we've increasingly seen that while Donovan's played much better of late, he still doesn't have much time. Now, I can see you nodding your head like, yeah, 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 but if you think I'm missing any matchup or anything in particular for this weekend, please tell me in the comments down below. I'm excited to hear from you. Tomorrow's episode, we get to actually go behind enemy lines a little bit. We have a guest coming on to talk on behalf of Kansas State and tell us a little bit more about this matchup. I'm excited to get to talk to him uh, tomorrow. So make sure you tune in and subscribe to get a hold of that one when it comes out in the morning. As far as a second listen of today, first of all, I want to say thank you for making us your first. But for a second listen, go listen to Locked On Big 12. Uh, Drake's doing a fun job over there. It's a fun, fun show, and they're breaking down all the things happening around the conference, including things like Houston still being the lone new program to beat an incumbent program. Um, Hoping to get our second one this weekend, so make sure you subscribe to that one as well. Make sure you subscribe. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Locked On Cougs is a proud Locked On podcast network, and that means your team every day. Go Cougs.